grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be to you. Amen. We expect the rich and the famous to be able to do that which is impossible for simple people like you and me. Like when Jeff Bezos, the founder and former CEO of Amazon, who launched astronauts into outer space with his company, Blue Origin. Or when we hear of celebrity philanthropists like Oprah Winfrey, Angelina Jolie, George and Amal Clooney, whose work in humanitarian efforts can be compared to entire nations, country, foreign aid. That's pretty amazing. Or maybe think in the sports world of athletes who, who redefine their own sport because of how they've just blown past the expectations of what is considered possible for any mere human being. Athletes like Serena Williams, Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, or Tom Brady, or any others that you can think of yourself. If there's anyone who's going to be doing these impossible things, while we think it's going to be someone who's clearly not like me, someone who has many more gifts than me. And yet even the rich and the famous, even the talented, have their own limits. Yes, Blue Origin launched astronauts into space, but they just barely scratched the surface of outer space. To send somebody to the moon or conceptually all the way to a different planet, well, that requires an entire nation's resources like NASA or other countries. Yes, celebrities can show Christ's love to others, but... To positively impact all seven plus billion people in the whole world living right now, that's beyond even their reach. Athletes, yes, they do amazing things, but even their bodies can't do everything. And eventually they will wear out. And a rich ruler can only be so good in a vain attempt to inherit eternal life. In our verses this morning from Luke chapter 18, we see the people who remark upon this rich and famous person in their midst, the rich ruler, who is not able to inherit eternal life by his own works. And if he couldn't do it, well then, who could? Certainly not regular people like they. And they were correct to say that. For it's impossible to do this. So Jesus directs our attention to God. Because whether it be the impossible act of inheriting eternal life, of leaving all for the kingdom of God, or anything else, we depend on God for the impossible. This rich ruler who came and talked to Jesus was quite the role model, and I mean that honestly. Besides being rich, which we typically tend to look up to, he had a position of authority and respect, and outwardly had a very moral life. Having accomplished all of these things in his life, he then looks to what is to come next, eternal life. So he goes to the person who can best answer the question. He goes to Jesus and asks him this question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replies with five of the Ten Commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false testimony, and honor your father and mother. 
Jesus does this to show this rich ruler how impossible it is for anyone to be good enough to inherit eternal life because there's only one who is good, and his name is God. But the rich ruler does not get the lesson. He fails to understand that these commandments cover not just our words and actions, but the underlying thoughts behind them. Thoughts like lust, hate, coveting, envy, and discontentment. He also failed to realize that these commandments require constant vigilance because we need to keep them at all times, in all places, without any exception of any kind. So then Jesus delivers the final hammer blow that crushes his hopes of ever being good enough to inherit eternal life, and he does so with these words. You still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. It sounds so easy. Sell what you got and follow Jesus. But it was not so easy, at least not for this rich ruler. For his heart delighted in the riches he had, and evidently he depended on them to some extent to get what he was hoping to receive. And so he left Jesus, and he went home, filled with sadness, because he realized how impossible it was even for him to inherit eternal life. You and I may think that we have little in common with this rich ruler, but the fact is we have more in common with him than we would like to admit, because we also have at least one thing. That one thing within us that has us depend on ourselves, that prevents us or makes it exceedingly difficult to depend solely on our Savior to receive this impossible gift. For the rich ruler, his one thing was his vast wealth. What is that one thing for you? Is it the same thing? Your riches and wealth that have visibly proved to the world that you've obviously done something right to enjoy these material blessings. Perhaps it's your good intentions or your earnest actions to make up for lost time, to walk the straight and narrow path and dead set to do what you know you should have been doing beforehand. Or maybe it's your respectable track record of keeping the commandments, which looks far better than other people that you can think of. No matter what your one thing is, how would you respond if Jesus said this to you? You still lack one thing. Get rid of it. Stop depending on yourself. Depend solely on me. And come, follow me. Would you be able to do that? Or would you leave with much sadness? To realize how there's only one who is good, and his name is certainly not yours or mine. The sad answer is, yes, that would be us, just like that rich ruler walking away in sadness. Because when we realize we too have that one thing that is stopping us, that is making it difficult to depend solely on the Lord because we so desperately want to have at least one thing that we can grab onto, one thing that we can take credit for. 
Jesus mentions how impossible it is for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And just as that is impossible, so it is for any person, not just the rich and the famous, but all people, to inherit eternal life on their own. Yet what's impossible for man is possible for God. We see that when it comes to our inheritance of eternal life. For we look to God, the Son, Jesus Christ, who did that is impossible for us, so we may receive this impossible truth. Jesus, who lived in this time here in this world, who perfectly kept every single commandment, all ten of them, not just the five that he lists for us this morning, in thought, word, and action, at all times, in all places, with that constant vigilance required. He then took his perfect life and delivered it up on the cross as payment for the sins that you and I have incurred, to pay the debt that should have been ours, to be the sacrifice, to endure what should have been ours, and to show us that the impossible had occurred. God then raised Jesus from the dead and left behind an empty tomb as confirmation that Jesus has done what you and I never could be, could do. That Jesus is the one who is good indeed, because he is God himself. Having done the impossible, we then depend on Jesus to receive the impossible, this gift of eternal life, because in no way does it depend on us in any way. It depends entirely on him. And he's done more than just make it possible as a carrot dangling in front of us that if we're just good enough or just righteous enough, then we can have it. Oh, no, our Lord has done more than that. He's made this impossible truth your guaranteed certainty. To give you this eternal life as he says to you individually, my child, your sins are forgiven. Eternal life is yours. Heaven is now your home, and that will never change because it depends entirely on me. Listen to what your Savior tells you. Don't depend on yourself. Depend on Him. Because even if it's just in one little thing that you depend on yourself, you getting to heaven on your own, that's just like a camel going through the eye of the needle. It ain't going to happen. But if you depend on the one who has done the impossible, you have that guaranteed certainty. Your sins are forgiven, and you will inherit eternal life. When the apostle Peter heard what one thing Jesus told the rich ruler to do, he realized that that's what he and the other apostles had done willingly without necessarily being told to do so. Seeking assurance that they too would inherit eternal life, he he goes to Jesus and he mentions this truth to him in a very innocent and naive way. It's in that Jesus gives us our second impossible act for us to follow, to leave all earthly treasures for the kingdom of God. Jesus speaks about it in this way. Amen, I tell you. Anyone who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will most certainly receive many times more in this life and the age to come, eternal life. Our catechism defines the kingdom of God in this way, as Christ's rule in the hearts of his believers through the word of God. 
And to leave something or someone for the kingdom of God means that we put them behind so we can remain in or remain in Christ's rule or to better follow him. And it's here that Jesus assures us that Peter, the disciples, and us, that whoever leaves these things behind for the kingdom of God, that they will be blessed many times over, both while still here on earth and the age to come in heaven. Now, when Jesus speaks about leaving things behind, let's not misunderstand him. Jesus, he's not giving us a vow of poverty or to commit willful abandonment of our families. Why, those go against clear scriptural passages where the Lord tells us to be wise managers of all of our blessings and to lovingly provide for our families. But if those earthly treasures get in the way between us and God and his kingdom, well, then we know what needs to be more important, that they fall into the rear view mirror without neglecting them so we can better remain in and follow Jesus. Like perhaps when the upkeep and the comforts of our homes keep us from worshiping our Lord or to live for Him. Or when our cherished connections with loved ones have us stay silent, when we instead should be speaking up for the truth. To lead these earthly treasures, that is not an easy thing to do, I know. In fact, it can be quite impossible. For we know them firsthand and we often rely on them. And there can be great pain and great sadness when we have to show to our loved ones that God and his kingdom is sometimes, frankly, more important than they are. But perhaps we make it more difficult upon ourselves than it needs to be. Because we don't depend on God to help fill that hole left in their absence. That we're simply left with nothing and there's nothing we can do about it. If you find it quite impossible to leave all for the kingdom of God, let me remind you what Jesus promises you. Amen, I tell you. Anyone who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will most certainly receive many times more in this time and in the age to come eternal life. Notice what it is God says you can depend on him for to bless you many times more, both now and forevermore. What he doesn't promise is that those blessings that we will receive will be the same as what was given up. Say you have an estranged child because of a loving rebuke for them because of their sinful lifestyle. The Lord does not promise that he'll provide us two more children to take their place. Or that we will have free maid service to take care of our houses because we let them get kind of messy when we're busy living as salt of the earth and sharing God's word with our neighbor. Rather, these blessings that God promises to us can take any form he wishes. Whether the physical, material, spiritual, emotional, whatever it may be, they're at his disposal. And some of you here have already seen how the Lord has done this in this current time. To bless you many times more than what you left behind. If you excel in the gift of generosity, 
You've seen how the Lord has more than made up for your time, services, knowledge, and resources given to the Lord with his blessings of joy, peace, contentment, providence, and spirit-driven results. If you have a deep divide in your family because some refuse to listen to the word of God, you hopefully have seen how the Lord soothes those wounds with his blessing of a church family like we have here at Grace and an even, even larger church family waiting for us in heaven. If you face persecution because you refuse to enjoy the world's sinful pleasures or you've been publicly marked as a child of God because your habits are just different than those of your sinful peers, you too have been blessed as the Lord dotes on you with his personal care, attention, and love when so many others have turned their back on you. These blessings here that the Lord gives to us is simply because of his love for us that he just cannot help but to do what he has promised. And these blessings, they're not just one-off things, you see. They're sampling of the many blessings that he has and will continue to shower upon us both now and forevermore. So let's depend on God so we can leave all for the kingdom of God. Remember, this is not a vow of poverty or to commit willful abandonment of our families. But if those treasures get between us and the Lord, then we know what's to be more important. And then depend on God to do what he has promised you. To bless you many times more in whatever form he chooses to do so, both here on earth and forever in heaven. We aren't too surprised when we hear how the rich and famous can do things that are impossible for regular people like you and me. Yet even they have their limits of what is possible and what is clearly impossible. A rich ruler discovered that when he came to Jesus and asked the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he learned that he had one thing that made it clear that there was no way he could do it. He needed to depend on Jesus for the impossibility of inheriting eternal life. We too need to hear this call to repentance because we have our one thing as well that we want to hold on to that at least makes it difficult <clears throat> to depend entirely on our Lord. But let us realize, why would I depend on myself when I can depend on the one who did the impossible? Who makes the impossibility of eternal life not just a possibility for me, but a guaranteed certainty that I can take to the bank and I know that it will never change. As we depend on the Lord for, to receive eternal life, so we depend on him to leave all for the kingdom of God. This is not easy and it can be very painful to do so. And yet we have God's promise to, to make it easier. No, he will bless us many times more in the form he chooses both here and forevermore so we may gladly live for him in everything. You and I know that it takes a strong faith to do these things. As such, may we pray to our Lord to increase our faith so that we may depend on him solely and always for the impossible. Amen.